Broadcasting live from Wickenburg to enjoy the celebration of Henry Wickenburg, the founder of the town, 200th birthday. It's an all-weekend event. They've got lots of things lined up, so we decided to run up here and not miss any of the fun. And as often as we've driven through Wickenburg or driven to Wickenburg over the last 40, 45 years... We've made it a habit to stop regularly in the last 25 years at the Hasayampa River Preserve. And we're going to be speaking with the director, Mrs. Jessica Bland. Jessica, thanks a million. Well, thank you for your interest in highlighting the preserve. It truly is a wonderful place, and we love to be able to share it with everyone. The Hasayampa River Preserve, located just south of Flagstaff on the Hasayampa River. I'm going to guess, but the Hasayampa River probably runs 70 miles, 80 miles, maybe as much as 100 miles, I'm not sure. But the entire river is underground, except for when it comes to the surface right here at the preserve. That's correct. So the the Hacienda River starts outside of Prescott as Groom Creek, and as it travels um, down out of the mountains, it picks up other tributaries. And once it reaches the desert floor, it actually starts flowing underground through the sediments, So if you travel over the bridge in Wickenburg, often you see the dry riverbed. And so shortly after the river leaves Wickenburg, the shallow bedrock in the area actually pushes the water up to the surface again. So we have about five miles of surface water, and that pretty much designates the lush riparian area that is now designated as the Hacienda River Preserve. It's been like that for hundreds of years or thousands of years. And anytime you've got surface water in the middle of the desert, you're going to have someone minding it, tending it, and living on it. What's the human occupation of this preserve look like? Historically, Yeah, so the property has a, a long history. There's archaeological evidence that Native Americans used the area along the river for hunting um, and gathering various Native resources. Um, some of the cultures even grew corn along the river, um, settled in permanent settlements along the river. The property then changed. Um, it was homesteaded in the 1860s by a man named Frederick Brill, who was an immigrant from Germany, similar to Henry Wickenburg. They actually knew each other and and were friends. And Brill grew a number of uh, fruit trees and other crops here um, on his working farm. He also had uh, dairy and beef cattle, so it was a working ranch as well. Some of the remnants um, of the various crops he grew and planted can still be seen on the property including um, the iconic palm trees that, you know, frame the backdrop for the visitor center, um, which actually is the original Brill Ranch House, and we operate out of that today as the visitor center. It was originally a four-room adobe structure. Dating to what, 1860s? Yeah, the 1860s is when we believe the first portion of the house was constructed here, and it was Brill's Ranch House. Truly the Wild West at that point. It truly was, and there are many stories that talk about um, Indian raids that happened. Um, Brill had some of his horses and cattle stolen. Um, One of his ranch hands, in fact, was killed um, by Indians. Um, So it it definitely was truly the Wild West, you know, that we we think of. Well, the the story about the Oatman girls kidnapped by the, I believe, the Apaches, if I remember right. 
wasn't that wagon train out of Wickenburg? I don't know the details of, of the, I mean, I'm familiar with the Oatman history, but we actually have a, a more local um, massacre, not associated you know, with Native Americans, but we have on site here a, a burial. Um, the Martin family grave site is here on the property, and the Martin family was actually massacred by a gang of people who we believe uh, were hired by a, a rival businessman up in the Stanton area, uh, which is where the Martin family lived at the time, and they were leaving town. Apparently they had uh, an amount of cash, maybe $5,000 in cash on them. And they had um, stopped at the Brill Ranch and conversed with Frederick Brill on their way into Phoenix. And then shortly after that was when their burned wagon and their bodies was discovered. The story goes that one of Brill's ranch hands went to investigate Um, ended up collecting what was left of the Martin family's remains and bringing it here to the Brill Ranch for a proper burial. And the Martin family grave has been maintained ever since then. Just one of the things you'll find at the Hacihampa River Preserve, you're really known that are familiar with y'all, are invariably bird watchers. Yes, uh, the preserve is a big draw to wildlife enthusiasts in general, but specifically um, for bird watching. We have almost 300 species of birds that have been identified at the preserve. Some are here year-round, some seasonally, and some use the preserve as an important stopover point on their long migratory journeys north or south. 2003, Jennifer and I spent our 25th anniversary right here at the preserve, and I spotted my first pied-billed grebe. Yes, and they're still here. (laughs) But 300 birds, as I, as we approached the visitor center, there was uh, several people out front that had uh, cameras with lenses that were as long as their arm. Yeah, not an uncommon sight here. Um, the preserve draws bird watchers and then specifically people interested in bird photography as well. Um, one of the draws is the hummingbird feeders that we have outside the visitor center. And the hummingbirds, um, different species are here year-round. Some come in seasonally or, you know, on their migrations. And so the presence of the hummingbirds is, you know, always a delight to visitors to be able to see the hummingbirds up close. And that's a, that's a migratory pattern or are they here pretty much year-round um the anna's hummingbirds are here year-round and then we have several other species that are here seasonally and then the rufous hummingbirds we typically see during spring and fall migration all right can we go back to the archaeological component of the park now y'all have recently um or it's recently come to my attention that the nature conservancy has joined with Maricopa County Parks, and now the Hacienda Preserve is going to become part of a much larger development. Yes, so the Nature Conservancy acquired the property in 1986. They purchased it from a private property owner, um, the Likes family. Um, After Frederick Brill left the area, the property actually had another fascinating chapter. It became Wickenburg's first dude ranch. It was called the Garden of Allah. And Wickenburg, of course, has become known as the dude ranch capital of Arizona. And it all started here at what we now call the preserve. So the Garden of Allah operated for a few years. It was a very successful dude ranch. And then um, the property changed hands, changed names over the years. It eventually became the Lazy RC Dude Ranch. And then um, 
eventually it morphed into a privately owned recreation area and a trailer park, and that was um, what was owned by the Likes family. And then in 1986, the property went up for sale again and was purchased by the Nature Conservancy. The Nature Conservancy saw the ecological value and the historical value of the preserve, or what would become the preserve. And so they purchased the property and spent a year uh, restoring the property, restoring um, the riverbed, planting thousands of trees, pulling out the trailers that had been here. the property had had degraded. There was active um, cattle grazing and such, and so the Nature Conservancy really did a lot of heavy restoration work uh, for a year, and then they opened the property in 1987 to the public as the Hacienda River Preserve. And it is open to the public. Uh, uh, what will the what will the new partnership between the Conservancy and Maricopa County Parks bring to this immediate? development. So the Nature Conservancy in 2017 donated the preserve to become part of the Maricopa County Park System. And the Nature Conservancy holds a permanent conservation easement on the property to ensure that we manage the property to their standards, you know, to the original vision that they had for the preserve. Um, It really is a partnership. Um, Nature Conservancy is involved um, in the larger decision-making process, Um, but being able to have Maricopa County come in has allowed us to be able to provide some improvements to the property that the Nature Conservancy wasn't able to do. We've been able to add uh, more full-time staff, increase um, the hours that were open to the public, and then we've been able to, you know, add some infrastructure and amenities. Um, we're continually doing work on the historic buildings here on the property, and then we've added um, some trail improvements and some new fencing and, and things like that on the property itself. So we're, we're working on um, trying to maintain that balance between um, what the Nature Conservancy saw as the vision for the property and the, the intimate um, and, and primitive setting that it is. We don't want to develop it too much, but we want to be able to provide the improvements that have been needed over the years. Parking area, just off Highway 60, south of Wickenburg, mile marker 114, Hacienda River Preserve. You come in, you park, and there's a welcoming center or educational facility and a little map of the area. What what kind of trail system do you all have established immediately right in this vicinity? We have about three miles of walking or hiking trails that visitors can enjoy at their own pace. Our interpretive ranger and guest presenters also provide a number of interpretive programs each month, leading guided walks, um, and we also have classroom programs and such, and they touch on a variety of subjects, bird walks, general nature walks, history walks. Uh, One of our most popular programs is the Creature of the Night Walk, Um, night walks that we have that provide visitors with the opportunity to see the diverse variety of wildlife that we have here, including um, raccoons, ringtails, bobcats, javelina, foxes. Those are just um, some of the the wildlife that has been seen, you know, on the Creatures of the Night walks. Well, like I said, when you've got surface water in the middle of the desert, it brings everybody in the area right there to you. Whether you're human or desert inhabitant creature, you'll find the water. We're here visiting with Mrs. Jessica Bland, the director for the Hacienda 
River Preserve, a part of the Maricopa County Park System. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We are just having a blast this morning. Rosie and I are at the Haciampa River Preserve up in Wickenburg for the Wickenburg Days weekend. 200th birthday of Henry Wickenburg and just knew that if we were coming up here for this broadcast, we had to stop in at the Haciampa River Preserve because we want to share that with everybody. And it's it's... It's a wonderful place to stop in. If you have time to come up here, make time, sure you have time to come in. And Rosa, you and Jessica were talking about um, the different things you can do here. And you mentioned the night walk. And Jessica, I have a question. How do you see the animals at night? Are you out there with little headlamps on or what do you do? That's a good question. So um, we have flashlights that visitors can borrow um, or they can bring their own. We, of course, always take black lights to look for scorpions along the trail, which they never disappoint. Um, but our interpretive ranger knows, you know, where to look for the wildlife and um, and can train his flashlight in specific areas um, to get, you know, the, the best views. And, of course, we look for the eye shine of, of certain animals. Um, and, of course, the quieter we are, um, the more, you know, we're likely to hear some of the wildlife, rust, you know, rustling in the in the bushes and such and be able to seek it out. Do you have lots of families that come up? We do. Um, we have lots of families that visit. Um, we actually have a nature rangers program that is um, geared towards families. We do that one program a month, and um, they're focused on different topics. Um, but we try to make them a hands-on experience where kids can um, you know, just get an outdoor experience um, with the goal of becoming good stewards of our environment. That is a great mission. I have brought all of our children up here over the years, but I have not been here since Maricopa County took over, and it has changed a lot. It's um, it's kind of updated. The restroom areas are new. The the um, all the fauna is labeled. But is the one thing I remember loving about coming on the trail was the little pond or lake out there. Is that still there? Yes, Palm Lake. It's about a four acre lake. It's actually a spring fed man made lake um, that was created in about 1960 um, when the property was privately owned. Um, the vision for the property owner at that time was to create a lake and sell custom home sites around the lake, which fortunately for us never happened. And then um, eventually the property changed hands again and um, morphed into the private recreation area and trailer park that I mentioned earlier before it was acquired by the Nature Conservancy. But the Palm Lake area um, brings in a lot of wildlife. Uh, There's an open part of the lake where we often see different types of waterfowl. And then uh, we have a a more marshy part of the lake that um, also provides important habitat, actually. Um, The preserve is uh, designated as critical habitat for two threatened and endangered bird species. Um, the western yellow-billed cuckoo and the southwest willow flycatcher, both of which nest in the preserve during the summer months. Do you have to close during that time? No, but we are limited in the activities um, that we can engage in, um, any construction and um, other you know, noise-disturbing activities have to be done outside nesting season. And tell me um, about the fauna of the area. It's very distinct. Yeah, so um, I mentioned some of the the wildlife that we see during the the night walks, um, but we we have a a diverse variety of wildlife here because, of course, as Rosie mentioned, anytime you have water, it draws in the wildlife. 
Um, so we have a lot of you know different mammals um, that frequent the area, bobcats, javelina, mule deer. We have the occasional mountain lion that will wander through the preserve. Our ranger has some wildlife cameras posted around the preserve and uh, you know we catch a variety of wildlife on those and we post those um, videos and photos on our Facebook page uh, which are always a big hit with um, with people who are on our Facebook page. And so is all the are all the plants and trees you see are they um, normal to the area or they've been added? So we have a, a combination again because the area has had um, a long and diverse human history Different plants have been brought in by the different property owners. As I mentioned, Frederick Brill grew different fruit trees, and we can still see, you know, a few of those um, left today. Mulberries and figs still grow on the property, um, you know, from Brill's era. Um, But in general, riparian areas like this often have high biodiversity, you know, both in plant and animal life. Mostly because the water is so different than our normal desert. You know, why don't you tell people, um, I don't think we've given out any kind of information, Jessica, website, phone number, just any of that kind of information where people, I'm sure people are really interested now in coming up and especially bringing family. And the, um, if there's reservations that need to be made for tours, where do they find those things? So we are currently open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, We're closed year-round on Mondays and Tuesdays. We're currently on our winter hours. We open at 8 a.m. and we close at 5 p.m. And the trails always close half an hour before the preserve as a whole closes. Summer hours, we switch an hour earlier um, to beat the heat a little bit. We open at 7 in the summer and then close uh, at 4 with the trails closing at 3.30. We do have a website where you can find more information. It's www.maricopacountyparks.net. Or as I mentioned, we have a Facebook page. You can search for us as Hacienda River Preserve. Great. Well, what's your favorite part of working here? That's a hard question. Um, I feel very fortunate that I get to come to a beautiful place every day and do work that I consider meaningful, um, being able to share this wonderful and unique place uh, with, with so many people and help them learn about uh, the history and the importance ecologically of, of this place. Well, once again, we're at the Hacienda River Preserve. Just as you enter Wickenburg at mile marker 114, come on out and enjoy it. Be sure you come up and spend some time, leave some time to enjoy the area. That sounds good. Let it roll, Gary. Puts me in the mood for a little honky tonky. Hey, do do. We're at a party actually broadcasting live. We're celebrating Henry Wickenburg's 200th birthday up in the town of Wickenburg, and they've got events scheduled all day long. They're going to present the key to the town. To Henry Wickenburg's descendants who have flown in from Germany to be here for this event. That's kind of cool. It is. We met uh, Martina. Martina, yes. Last night. Very lovely uh, German woman. Adventurer, just like like her great-grandpa. She is here by herself. She 
rented a car, drove to Tucson, uh, stopped by the pavilions and checked out the Butterfly Museum, spent some days in Wickenburg by herself, and she's just loving it. Yeah. They've got events scheduled all day long. There's period events for the kids and games, just like they would have played back in the 1860s and 1870s. There's going to be a Henry Wickenburg look-alike contest at 3 o'clock. We'll be here through the end of the broadcast at the very least. But especially enjoyed the visit, the visit to Vulture City Mine last night. I just never, I missed the fact that it was open again, for one, and that it was as productive as it was, $200 million. And that was back in the 1800s when $200 million was a lot of money. <laughs> Well, and just the restoration of the Vulture Mine City, Rod Pratt uh, has put in quite a bit of money himself to restore this wonderful gem. And, you know, we had him on in March, and he explained it, and it sounded great, and he even saw pictures. But being on site was, was pretty amazing, just all that he has done. And when you look at the before and after pictures, that's some construction. If you've got a Wickenburg story or something to add to the conversation, we'd welcome your phone call at one 767 4348 This is, historically and traditionally, our outdoor living segment where we have a plant expert to answer your calls and questions about trimming and landscaping and fertilizing and watering and winter lawn transitions, but we don't today. The closest thing we have to a landscaping expert is Jennifer, because at least when she plants something, it usually grows. If you call and ask me a landscaping question, I will have one of two answers. It will either involve a flamethrower or a chainsaw. So if you've got a landscaping dilemma or a problem you'd like addressed with a flamethrower or a chainsaw, call in now, one 767 I am not an expert at many things, but I am an expert at flamethrower and chainsaws. <laughs> I'll vouch for that. Okay, back to the, back to the Hacienda River Preserve that we were at yesterday. It was, it's amazing, the bird count there. Yeah, 280 plus. 280 plus. And what surprised me, it shouldn't have, but what surprised me is that they're still discovering new varieties and species of birds. Well, I asked Jessica how that happens, and she said, you know, birds get blown off course or, you know, different things happen with weather events where they end up with birds that wouldn't normally have been there before. Um, and she just, we, we noticed on the registry, too, how many people come from so very far. We just had, yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday was Switzerland and... Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. West Virginia. Uh, there, was, there wasn't anyone from Arizona. Right. Except us. <laughs> well, it was early yet. Minnesota was another one. So we would, we would encourage uh, the Arizonans, you know, as Jennifer and I go around the state and discover these in-state gems and jewels to bring them to your attention, put them on your bucket list. The Hacienda Preserve has a beautiful little three-mile hiking trail. Jennifer and I walked it actually on our 25th wedding anniversary back in 2003. And I, I spied my first pied-billed grebe on, uh, on the lake. And then we walked up to Lykes Lookout, and we watched a pair of band hawks for 
45 minutes or an hour. It was absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful setting. It's it's a stretch of the Hacienda River that comes to the surface. It Hacienda River generally is underground the entire length, but it does flow for a three to five mile section right there south of Wickenburg, and uh, that's where this natural lake and preserve. And who, where else could you go to find out of the malaria outbreak in Wickenburg? But right here. At Rosie on the house. <laughs> I, I had never heard that, that story was, that before. That was news to me, too. And even at the preserve, the building there is one of the founders, um, Brill, Frederick Brill, I believe. And he actually knew Henry Wickenburg. And and Brill's heart was more about ranching, so he planted trees. There's still plants. I think she said yep, there's still fig still trees, and, trees. Figs yep. and apples maybe still on the property. And so, um, you know, they all kind of worked together, but they actually came from the same country and end up in Wickenburg, Arizona. Isn't that crazy? You know, and besides that, when we came for our anniversary, since then, just in the last three years, they've changed ownership. The preserve. Okay, yes, they have. So now Maricopa County government owns it, the Parks and Recs uh, Department, and Jessica, who we visited with, she's the park supervisor now, and she has been there since the uh, transition from the natural nature conservancy to Maricopa, so they've they've done some improvements. The um, you know the just the whole entrance is marked with this beautiful fence, and they've got nice restroom areas. They've got sitting areas. Um, you can tour the little office, which is the original Brill home. It's seven hundred acres, and it's now a part of the bigger Vulture Mountain Recreation Area, which is thousands of acres. So it kind of Maricopa County Park System just kind of incorporated the whole thing into that. So They've put a lot of love in it. But, you know, the, the people of the Nature Conservancy need to be thanked. You know, uh, Jessica was talking about all the things that that piece of property had been, including a mobile home park and including um, someone bought it in, with the intent of subdividing and putting luxury homes there. So it, what a nice setting that would be, but how nice that we can all share it. Yeah, it, it's incredible to me that a developer could go in there in the 60s and put a dam on the Hacienda River to create a lake to put in a custom home subdivision. You know what it would take to build that dam today? No idea. <laughs> years and years and years. From a permit standpoint? Oh, yeah. gosh. Mercy, mercy. Everybody downstream that has claims to that water would throw a fit. So it's just interesting what you could and couldn't get away with in the good old days. I'm not sure they're so good, after all. <laughs> but the Nature Conservancy did save it for all of us to enjoy and appreciate, and we'd encourage you to get there. We'd also encourage you, uh, you know, the Hacienda is the river preserve. is like a regular stop for Jennifer and I as we come to and from Wickenburg. But uh, come to Wickenburg. Come to learn all of its unique. I mean, just the, just the Caballeros Museum. Desert Caballeros Museum, the artwork there is phenomenal, very Western flavor, all, all genres of art, special displays. They have an annual um, show as well, and then they have a living history museum set up downstairs. And as you come through Wickenburg, as you cross the Hacienda Bridge, go through the first turnaround and come on into town, virtually the first right you can take will bring you to one of the iconic, historic restaurants in Wickenburg, Anita's Kachina. And it's thanks to Miss Anita 
uh, actually Mrs. Hunt, that now owns the restaurant, that we've got web service. Uh, I want to thank Chisholm from Grand Avenue Broadband, who was up here yesterday trying to figure it out for several hours. And uh, finally, we just went and knocked on Miss Anita's door and said, you're, you're running Internet here to your televisions. Could we steal that tomorrow morning? <laughs> we did it Cajun style. We got a, a wire coming up over the front, out the front door over the building to the back parking lot. But we're it, standing here next to the community stage where we're getting ready to set up all the, all the talks and entertainment for the day. They, they are. And, I mean, the, the crowd is beginning to show up, so it's a hoot. Now, at 9 o'clock... We're going to have a special guest, a repeat guest. Many of you have heard on the show before. A historian, architect from Arizona by the name of Don Ryden. And we thought while we're here in Wickenburg, it would be a perfect time to bring Don into the conversation. And we could talk about what is ranch house. What is ranch style house, which is so typical of what you see right here in this part of the state. It's going to be a fabulous conversation. We encourage you to stay tuned for that. And then we've got the blog where we're talking about holiday kitchen fire disasters. Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock we'll have uh, (laughs) fire chief retired from Green Valley, Tom Louie. He's going to come on and talk about how to prevent kitchen fires, uh, you know, so that from just don't want to happen in the first place, what happened if happen if they do happen what, are, what should your act, course of action be and then some tools he's listed two or three things there that we can purchase to help you know uh, capture a fire before it gets started that'll be coming so, up at 10 o'clock as well as, as well as dr patricia olson yes dr patricia olson is a is an architect and she's an expert on henry wickenberg's homes that we talked about earlier in the seven o'clock hour all the different homes that he lived in so we thought that'd be good, kind of tie in as well so we'll be here enjoying the festivities. It looks like the color guard is getting ready to post colors over here. The parade is going to be starting at 10 o'clock, or the parade procession, and it ends right here at the stage. And there'll be some couple state representatives, and as we said, the descendant of Henry Wickenberg, who's flown in from Germany. She'll be in the procession as well, presented with the town keys. And they've got events for everybody all day long, as well as a kind of a band and dancing party this evening. Six to ten, it's free admission dance with the Outlaw Brothers Band, Barbecue, and Raffle. I wonder what they're going to do for our 200th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, lots of purple and gold I'm seeing. Uh, A little jazz band. Henry Wickenberg, a very interesting. And what we didn't cover on air was his demise, which is really a, a, com- a completely standalone, interesting story all in of itself that uh, we were told offline. We don't have time to cover it right now, but we might when we get right back. If you all would like to join the conversation, we'd uh, welcome the phone call at one 767 4348. That's the one phone number that you use throughout the state of Arizona to reach our call center. Our call center this morning is being manned by Lance the Hunk Kunkel, and he'll get your name and uh, where in the state you're calling from, what you'd like to talk about. Sweet Jennifer usually mans that call booth, but she's out here with me in Wickenburg. We'll take your call, one 767 4348 And I have a I have a question, a true or false question. If you've been listening all morning, you know Henry Wickenberg discovered 
the vulture mind, which in its day created $200 million worth of gold and silver ore. And the reason the town of Wickenburg was founded, because it was the closest consistent water supply to the mine. For what? To float his supplies down to Phoenix? Or for the steamship paddle wheels to come up the Hacienda and deliver food and supplies to Henry Wickenburg? That's true or false? one 767 4348. On a beautiful fall morning in the great state of Arizona, uh, we're doing an outdoor broadcast today. I hope you are all warm and toasty I, with your cup of coffee because my I could have used a frozen. thicker pair of socks. <laughs> my toes are frozen. <laughs> Even my laptop doesn't like it. It won't work in this cold. Yeah. We've got a current true or false question out there uh, on the poll right now. If you were listening earlier, uh, Henry Wickenburg founded the Vulture Mine, which is 12 miles southwest of the town of Wickenburg. Wickenburg is just immediately north of the one place, the Hacienda River, uh, is, is above ground. It's above ground for about a five-mile stretch. That water was uh, needed to process the ore for the gold and the silver. So the true-false question is, you call in one 767 and let me know what you think, true or false. Wickenburg was founded because it's close to the Hacienda River. And Henry Wickenburg needed the river to float his supplies from the water supply down to Phoenix and for the uh, paddle wheel steamboats to bring supplies back up to Wickenburg. True or false? Now, did, did Romy teach you how to make up a question like that? No, I, I think he did. Or, yeah, probably so. <laughs> and I think we have Barbara on the line now who's calling uh, from the other end of the state, virtually Green Valley. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning. And I actually didn't call in to answer the, the quiz question. Okay. I had, a, I had my own question. Okay. And I'm wondering, do people still go to Wickenburg to cure their asthma? I, uh, I moved with my grandparents from Pennsylvania to first uh, Prescott and then Wickenburg, which a doctor in Pennsylvania recommended. My grandfather was very, very ill with chronic asthma. So we moved there, and sure enough, we spent the summer in Prescott. We moved to Wickenburg in the winter time, and he got better, and the oh. asthma completely went away. Yeah, this this whole area is well, kind of the central component of the Dude Ranch experience, where the Wickenburg was the Dude Ranch capital of Arizona, may still be. And the great majority, if you talk to these Dude Ranch owners, the great majority of their clients were East Coast people coming out to to get relief from their respiratory problems, and many of them ended up relocating here. So yes, Barbara, Wickenburg isn't one of the areas. Phoenix is kind of one of the areas that people originally came to, but then when they came, they would bring all the plants that they love, and they'd plant them, and now, Wickham, now Phoenix isn't near as air pure as some of the other parts. But Wickenburg is still the natural desert. 
But uh, appreciate the call. Thanks for the Wickenburg story. The dude ranches around here. Uh, we were talking about the registered at the at the preserve. How no one from around here. You look at the registers from the dude ranches, and there's none from Arizona. And a, often a big who's who, you know, just very famous yeah, that's people true came, too. came through. Cindy Thrasher was talking about her husband's family that has had the hotel in um, Morristown. Morristown. And just she kept the register. They still have that of all the people who passed through. Hey, and Rosie? how they tipped. And how they tipped and what oh. they like to eat. <laughs> yeah, Gary. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned about the air being pure in Wickenburg. Do you remember the product Dristan? Yes. Yeah, it was a, a nasal spray that made you breathe easier. Their slogan, this was back in the 60s, it was, Dristan is like bringing your sinuses to Arizona. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't that. either. I just saw it on YouTube. It was an old <laughs> black and white commercial. <laughs> well, in the 60s, that was true. I mean, unfortunately, we've we uh, allowed ourselves to pollute the air a little bit. Hey, did you give your answer to your true or false? Not yet. Well, you better. Uh, people, uh, you have people text again? Yeah, I think they all they all saw through your uh, your story. Well, when I said the river only comes to the surface for five miles, <laughs> was that the clue that you can't float to the Phoenix? Probably. Or you can't take a steam paddle wheel up from Phoenix? <laughs> so that is false, that he needed the river to move supplies to and from Phoenix, Arizona. But he did need the water. And that was the closest supply, consistent supply of year-round water for him to run his ore processing equipment. So then he had to found the city, Wickenburg. There you go. Now, what did, what did Fritz want? Oh, our, our friend Matt says, uh, hey, if Rosie invents a combination flamethrower chainsaw, I would like to be the first one to buy one. <laughs> well, he, I think he's just giving me a fabulous idea. Yeah, one of those million-dollar ideas. One of those. We'll, million, we'll cut you in, Matt. <laughs> one of those million-dollar ideas—a flame-throwing chainsaw. Now I could do a lot of. I was going to say, no, you may not have one. I, I could do a lot of gardening with that. <laughs> That's not called gardening. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, if you do have questions this week, you know, you can always email us at Rosie on the House. And if we don't, Rosie, we don't give him those landscape questions. We consult our experts. We have many. We have Greg Peterson of the Urban Farm. We have Jay Harper of, um, of the Harper family. So if you have questions about your house, home, or castle, just email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. <laughs>